Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in and making this podcast a part of your day today. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Happy Friday. It's a good day to be alive. How are you guys doing? It is an awesome, awesome day because guess what? It is 2021. That's right. It I'm excited the- for a new year. Yes, even though it seems like around around the, the world right now, and specifically in our countries, like doom and gloom, doom and gloom, everything's going to burn. And, and, and that's the reason why a part of me wants to take a break of social media. I don't know about you, David, uh, but unfortunately, yeah. with what I do at, at uh, in my ministry, I can't get off of social media because I'm kind of over it. Um, but yep. yep, for the last few of- months, I have created a whole new channel on YouTube for our church. So I've been learning all sorts of social media stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there's a part of me that wants to get off of it and, and, but it's also a useful, useful tool. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm still excited, even though it's, 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 it's 20, 2020 is over with us. And hopefully that, so COVID things slowly, but surely dies off. And we can slowly go to normal ministry, whatever that normal new normal would look like. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Yeah. And, and just think about the positives. Um, you know, uh, if you're hearing this, that means the world did not end on Wednesday. So that is true. Things that are already true. looking up. I, okay. okay I, I, we, we, okay. Those of you listening, I, we don't talk about politics pro- hardly at all on this podcast. I don't think we ever have. The only time we ever get semi-political in some aspect is maybe when we had John Cooper uh, on the podcast. There was some hints of that, but we we try to kind of stay. We we hit major issues, important issues, especially when it relates to the church. But we're, yeah. we kind of stay away from uh, from politics, and for good reasons. Reason why we do that. But I do have to say is is and going back to social media. I, I don't know if it was, if you saw this, David, but I kept seeing it on mine um, of how, in fact, our pastor actually had to talk about this this week because it was getting so bad that people were thinking that this new vaccine may be the mark of the beast. That came back up again. <laughs> Anytime the government does anything that a lot of people in the country have to participate in, kind of like comp- comp- compulsion, Somebody like re-enters that conspiracy theory of it's the mark of the beast, and and that makes it cycle through social media. Yeah, and guys, if you're listening, and, and maybe that's something that you may believe in, I'm sorry. Go read, <laughs> go read your Bible. Um, study your Bible. Study Revelation. Study Daniel. Um, just just read your Bible. <laughs> and I don't mean to offend anybody who, who's on that end of the spectrum. Uh, but it's just, it's just a uh, some crazy stuff that's been happening at, uh, with our church and some things we're starting to see on social media, but I am excited and pumped up and about this week's topic. 
Yes. And our guest this week. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't able to be a part of this interview. I kind of wish I was. Yeah. Uh, after listening to it, I was kind of wish I was part of the conversation. Um, but David, you had a, a great conversation with someone right before the new year about yes. a very important topic. Um, we were able to record this, I think it was before Christmas, might have been before Thanksgiving. But um, uh, the reason I'm excited about it is because it's a topic that we talk about kind of semi-often within the church from like a lesson standpoint when we're teaching teenagers and sometimes you'll hear it you'll hear it talked about from the pulpit but uh, the pastor I interviewed his name is Jeff Mingy he's a pastor out in Virginia Beach area and um, he wrote a book back in 2016 uh, and it's it centralizes around the concept of teamwork and at first you think of that and you're like yeah okay we're you know we're on team Jesus we're all on the same team that's great we're all supposed to be pushing towards the same goal it's fantastic woohoo okay well for those of you who are in pastoral positions and maybe even if you're just like the head cheese of whatever ministry you're running and you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, from firsthand experience, how difficult it is to actually act like a team <laughs> and do things with other people. Uh, we actually talked about in the interview, how sometimes uh, if we, if we don't cast vision the way that we should, if we don't communicate well with our team, we end up getting ourselves, we think ourselves into a corner and think, you know what, just, I'm just, I'm just going to do it myself and don't worry about it. I'll do it. And, and that takes away the whole concept of the team. So I like that not only uh, does Jeff talk about this constantly, but uh, he wrote a book about it and, and it really takes a lot of these concepts from scripture that talk about teamwork and condenses it down into a well thought out process so that we can process together how to do the work of the ministry as a team. And I, I had some uh, very uh, keen insights that were pulled out of this interview, this conversation. And, um, and I would encourage anybody uh, at, go buy the book now, read it, maybe then listen to the interview or listen to the interview. And then you're going to want to go out and buy it and read it anyway. So uh, I'm super excited for you guys to hear this interview. Well, guys, stay tuned as we talk with Jeff Mingy. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. I am really excited because we have an opportunity to have a conversation about a vital aspect of church ministry today, uh, that being teamwork. And I have a fellow pastor and fellow SBC veer, uh, Jeff Mingy, with me today. Jeff, thanks for coming on. David, thanks so much. I'm honored to be on the Youth and Culture podcast. Oh man, I'm so excited. Now, Jeff, um, right now, uh, where you're at, you're the lead pastor of Catalyst Church out in Newport News, Virginia, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. And uh, we we met uh, a little bit ago, I think it was at the SBCV Homecoming, and uh, that's our annual business meeting, which if you're a, a Virginia pastor and you're in the SBCV, you'll know that doesn't feel like a business meeting. It feels like a like a conference where you're going to hear some great preaching, great singing, be encouraged. Uh, get a free mug, you know, exactly, exactly. So um, uh, this is pretty exciting. Uh, I like to uh, talk to authors about the things that they write, because especially these days, 
you know, anybody can write a book, um, but it's, uh, it's a rare find to find a good book uh, or a book about a topic that's actually relevant. And I think one of the things that, especially during this COVID season, is uh, super important is this aspect of teamwork. So uh, before we get into the book itself, uh, Jeff, why don't you uh, just kind of give us a quick overview of who you are and what you're up to these days? Absolutely. So I am married to Lauren. We have just passed the 15-year mark in our uh, marriage. So Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, she's, I guess that makes her a pro and very patient, and among other things, I'm sure. Um, but married two boys, uh, Aiden and Carter, 13 and 11 years old, pastor of Catalyst Church. We planted Catalyst uh, eight years ago and um, to reach those on and around the campus of Christopher Newport University. So collegiate ministry is a big part of that. Uh, before we planted, I was the youth pastor for six years at Bethel Baptist Church in Yorktown, another SBCV church. And um, uh, I also work with the SBCV now uh, overseeing church planting in the Hampton Roads region. So we've got about two million people uh, in our region. Uh, we need a lot of churches. And so I help I help pursue that. And uh, these days, I just recently defended my doctoral project. And so um these days, I am not working on a paper, which is great. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, feels good what, to say that. What are you doing all that free time you have? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I'm just looking around aimlessly, like what? Yeah, what exactly. <laughs> you know, because us pastors we only work what two days a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a busy well, that- that's awesome, man. Well, um, I know that you had uh, you'd written a book a couple of years ago called "Forgiveness: A Risk Worth Taking," which is a great journey verse by verse through Philemon. Um, but a couple of years before that, you published this book uh, in 2016 called uh, "Called to Cooperate: A Biblical Survey and Application of Teamwork." And I was just wondering, um, you know, other than the obvious answer, why did you decide it was a good time to write a book on the biblical view of teamwork? Well, somebody once said, which is a famous way of saying I have no idea who said it, but um, that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, mm. the next best times today. So I, I probably should have at least started this book a long time ago. But when, when I was a youth pastor, um, I found myself all of a sudden, my first full-time job, first full-time ministry, and there were essentially three different positions I held at the same time. And what I mean by that is um, there were some teams where my job was to show up and be silent. And that was my role. And I, I knew that and I would speak when asked to speak and, and that was it. Um, there were other, there was another team where I was expected to show up and be a vocal part. I was supposed to speak out. And then when it came to the youth department, there was a team that I was actually in charge of. I, I, I determined who was going to be on the youth committee. I determined who was going to uh, uh, show up at the meeting, what was on the agenda. I was in charge of that team. So all of a sudden, I, I felt dizzy. Like, okay, hold on. What team am I on? What's my role? How do I navigate this? How do I help the team flourish? How do I do a good job, not get fired? You know, all of these questions and many more. Yeah. Um, and I... I remember watching some people operate in those teams and thinking, okay, I really like the way they operate. And I remember watching other people and thinking, man, I don't want to be like that. So I sat, sat down and said, okay, what does the Bible tell me about teamwork? Let's begin as early as we can be- begin uh, Genesis 1-1 and you know, reach back into eternity past. And let's just journey through uh, the Bible and see what does it say about teamwork? 
I really wanted to create a resource that I could give to our youth committee to say, let's think biblically about working together as a team. Uh, I don't know about you, David, but I found that on, um, on our staff team as a church, we would either read uh, secular leadership books or biblical theology books, but rarely did we find a book that bridged the gap. Mm. And so when it came to teamwork, that's what I wanted to create is a resource that bridged the gap between what does the Bible say and what are my kind of theological foundations for teamwork? And then practically, how do I carry that out well in an organization? Yeah. And, and it's, it's vital. Uh, I think about uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, one of the examples that you think of when it comes to, to teamwork, and maybe people might not think of this, but it's actually a negative example, um, is when the mankind after the flood decided to build the Tower of Babel. Yeah. And they were all working together on one team. Right. And now it was for a terrible goal, but, (laughs) but it was getting accomplished and, and God came down and was like, well, that ain't good. They're off, they're off, you know, they're off their point. They're, they're missing what I was intending for them to do. And they're not hitting towards the goal that I wanted them to hit towards. So I'm going to confuse them because if they stay unified as a team, who knows what they could do. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's when he confused their languages. But on the so that's that's why I say it's a negative example because sure. we want people to work together as a team. But right. I think ever since that point, it's been a, a difficulty of mankind to figure out how to work together as a team again. I think you're right. <laughs> and we see that in, in the prophets. And one of the, the principles I draw out in the, the chapter on the prophets is you know, they just because you have a team and just because the team is in agreement doesn't mean the team is right or good. And the prophets warn us when they look at some of the shepherds of Old Testament who fed themselves at the expense of the sheep. That's a warning. Yeah, and so that that's important, and that's why I think I like your your uh, your idea of bridging the gap between these leadership and teamwork principles and then a, a biblical theology because you want to have the right reason for having your teams and a right goal for what your teams are, and uh, and that's. That kind of brings me to just ask, so what makes teamwork so difficult in the church setting? Man, that's a, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Uh, I mean, on the one hand, we as leaders of teams could look at each other and say, okay, well, let's be honest, we are, right? We are what makes uh, teamwork so difficult in the church. We don't lead well. We don't lead with clarity. We uh, get frustrated when people don't do what we want or the way we want it. So as a leader, especially in retrospect, I realize that I bear a lot of the guilt of my frustration, but I'm not alone, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm not the only one that caused uh, hiccups um, on our team. Um, so I think it's helpful to, as you look through the Bible, to say, okay, let's get an honest assessment of uh, humanity. Let's get an honest assessment of sin. Um, Dave Harvey has a book on marriage, uh, When Sinners Say I Do. (laughs) And his principle is that we often think, oh, this will solve all my problems. Well, in some ways, it just multiplies them. The same principle applies to teamwork. Twice as many. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, okay, now you have a sinner leading a group of sinners to accomplish an impossible task, you know, um, 
So I think, I think that's part of it. In the, uh, in the opening chapter, I apply the gospel to teamwork. And we come to the conclusion that the gospel both frees me to work in teamwork and it compels me to work in teamwork. So on the one hand, the gospel deals with my uh, inadequacy. It deals with my self-centeredness. It deals with my um, idols of approval. And as the gospel satisfies or crushes those idols and uh, places Christ as the object of my worship, well, now I'm free to operate in a team setting because I'm not going to fall apart if the team says, Jeff, you know, we think that's a bad idea, um, which the team often said when I was the leader and our team at Catalyst <laughs> still says that, right? Um, but that's okay because in that moment I can say, okay, hold on, hold on. My identity is in Christ. I'm, I am secure in the gospel so I can fail. It's okay. Um, so in that opening chapter, I also walk through Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team. Lencioni is a great uh, business leader, uh, business thought leader. And uh, so he walks through um, these, he wrote a book called Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And I walk through him and I say, okay, well, let's, let's kind of peel back the theological curtain a little bit. And let's, what we find is that actually sin is at the heart of all of those dysfunctions. So just quickly, he talks about the absence of trust uh, seen in refusing to be vulnerable. Mm. So a team fails or is dysfunctional because we don't trust each other enough to be honest about our own failures. Well, it's not hard to see how the gospel addresses that, you know, because, uh, because I'm secure in the gospel, I can be honest about my mistakes and my failures in front of my team without the fear of falling apart. So I think um, teamwork is difficult in the church, A, because of the reality of sin, B, because of some of the baggage we bring into teamwork. Everybody sitting at the table on your team walks in with a, a whole load of baggage. I mean, their own baggage, baggage from other teams, baggage from other experiences. Um, you ask them to serve on the youth committee, and it's a hard no for some people because they've served on committees before. And man, they don't ever want to get involved in that mess again. Or perhaps they got tricked into being on the homeowners association or the PTA. And like, no way, man, I've, I've, I've done that. I know, thanks. Well, part of your job as a leader then is to help them rediscover maybe the beauty of teamwork and more importantly, the beauty of God in the context of teamwork. So I think teamwork's a great opportunity. I, I, um, uh, I love serving on teams. I'm a better follower of Jesus because of the people with whom I've gotten to serve on teams. And, um, and I think as we develop a theology of teamwork and as we clarify, what does the Bible say about teamwork? Then we are free to uh, enjoy God more deeply in the context of our teams and accomplish what he intends for us to accomplish more effectively in the context of our teams. Yeah. And, and that, that makes me wonder, eh, most of the people that listen to this podcast, they, they're either in a youth pastor position or some kind of youth leader role where they're looking for a resource to help them be a, a better youth worker and, and reach teens uh, and, and even help train their own their own teams properly. And I know that I found myself and I'm sure you found yourself in a position where uh, either things are either not going exactly the way you want, or they're just not going. And so there's this huge temptation to say, I'm fine. I'm just going to do it myself. Right. 
how do how do you fight that with uh, with this mentality of trying to get the team in on it when you have a strong urge to just I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> right. Yep. That is definitely a, a challenge that every leader has to wrestle with, and I think particularly in youth ministry. Um, depending on the makeup of your uh, youth committee or your youth leadership team, you may or may not have youth on that team. And nothing complicates a project more than involving teenagers and their parents, right? So, okay, now we're, we've got to navigate this, right? And um, so when you're looking at that task or, or, or that project and you're thinking, okay, team, forget about it. I'm just going to do it myself. Um, one of the things we need to do is stop and say, okay, hold on. I am meant to bear the image of God and I can't do that by myself. Mm. I can't do it the way God intends for me to do it um, by myself. So if we even reach back as far as we can theologically to eternity past, what we find is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit operating in love. So the triune God, the relational God, is in eternity past relating to one another in love. Well, one of the things that that tells me is that the first act of teamwork was love. Well, hold on, all of a sudden that shifts the paradigm on how I think about that youth committee. Because now I'm walking into the youth committee meeting with an agenda and there are some things we need to accomplish. But I remember it, the foundation is a calling to love the people on that team. Our first act of teamwork is love. I often think that my first act of teamwork ought to be to get something done. I'm a pragmatic, let's get the job done type guy. That's why you have a team. That's right. That's right. Uh, we can do this better with the team. So, um, so that is a helpful theological foundation for me to remember to say, hold on, it's not just about what we get done, but how we get it done. As you continue uh, to, you know, just look throughout Scripture, it, it's hard to avoid the topic of teamwork. So Mike McKinley, who wrote the forward to the book, said, going forward, I don't think I'm going to be able to read my Bible without seeing teamwork on every page. And that was one of my goals of, of the book. But we see that, okay, we're called to bear the image of the triune God. Well, part of the way we do that is by relating well and operating well in teams. We look at the life of Moses. One of the fascinating things about Moses is that he was almost never alone. In fact, as you read his story, it's always Moses and Moses and Joshua, Moses and Jethro, the great delegation uh, principle that we all need to keep learning. Great ancient delegation. <laughs> it is, yeah. uh, Moses and Aaron, right? So uh, yeah. even Moses's life, like the catchphrase is Moses and. We look at the historical narratives, uh, Deborah, David, and Nehemiah, and how they call us to teamwork. One of my favorite um, uh, passages to turn to uh, was Deborah's song in the book of Judges. As a youth pastor, that is the song that I would go to every year for our volunteer appreciation dinner. We would have the big dinner. We would bring in the fancy food from the, the nice restaurant that none of us ever went out to eat at, right? But once a year, we'd bring it in. And um, that, would, that was the theme of that, that song is the people gave themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Well, one way to interpret that is thank God for volunteers. Amen. You know, and as I looked around our youth ministry and I said, okay, I'm looking around on a, on a Sunday morning and I see Ike and I see uh, Vanessa and I see Lauren and I see Greg and I see all of these volunteers who 
are are walking into the youth room kind of blurry eyed on a Sunday morning because they're still tired. Um, but I know and they're laying down their life for these teenagers week in and week out. In the book, I tell the story of uh, one of our volunteers who was named Karsten. Um, he's, he's still named Karsten for whatever that's worth. Uh, Karsten, though, um, was was uh, a wonderful challenge to work with, right? And if he were here, he would tell you that. Karsten uh, was in a wheelchair and um, was one of our most faithful volunteers. Uh, every camp we went to, Karsten was there. But inevitably, what would happen? I don't know if you ever had anybody like this on your on your your team, David, but he would just disappear. Right. So we would go to camp. We would show up. We'd get there. We'd all gather into the big room and, and all of, I'm looking around and I see everybody except Karsten. And then inevitably up front by the stage talking to the band or the main speaker or whoever it was, there's Karsten. And he just he just knew how to meet people. Um, so I remember one year we went to Liberty University and there we are in the Vine Center, which holds I don't know how many thousands of people. Right. And our our little youth group is like we've got our seats and we look down and there's Karsten on the main stage talking to, you know, like one of the main speakers. Like, what? How how'd you get there? But Karsten was one of those volunteers who the next day when we went to serve at the um, at the project that we were working on, we always did like missions camps. Um, Karsten would be the first one to get out of his wheelchair and get down in the dirt to pull weeds next to a sixth grade boy. And I loved it. Man, I would look at, at uh, you know, our, our team and there is our, all of our volunteers laboring alongside these middle schoolers and high schoolers. And there's there's Karsten laying in the dirt, pulling weeds next to a sixth grade boy, talking to him about Jesus. And, and that's when I think of Deborah, man, that the people gave themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Um, so I, I think I think Deborah teaches us to thank God for volunteers and then. You look through the rest of the Bible, the wisdom literature talks about the wisdom of teamwork, Ecclesiastes. It's, it's not good when we're alone. Um, the prophets give us some sobering warnings about teamwork. And then as you flip into the New Testament, you see the teamwork in the Gospels. It's pretty evident among the disciples, the, the teamwork of the early church in the book of Acts. Paul highlights teamwork. And then finally, we close out by looking at heaven and the importance of teamwork in light of what we see in heaven. Yeah. And just thinking through it, all the little different examples that you find throughout scripture, even when Jesus himself was on earth and he would send out his disciples, he always sent them in pairs or more. And 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 finding it very, very rare instances where someone was doing something alone. And most of the time when they're alone, something goes wrong. Yep, you're um, absolutely right. I mean, I even think of uh, back in Judges, you know, uh, Samson, he pitched a fit and went off to be alone. Um, after uh, He probably did that multiple times, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, not the only one, by the way. That's true. That's true. Um, you know, not being around the people that are going to help you um, not just accomplish a task, but but stay on track with your own life. Um, just as you, as you grow as a person. And, and this is something that I've tried. Um, I'm a relatively, uh, I would still consider myself a, a still a relatively young or new youth pastor, um, even though I've been in youth ministry for a while. But uh, I've tried to make sure and actively let my volunteers know how much I appreciate them and how much they are loved. 
And sometimes I overdo it, but how much I would be dead if they weren't there. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I forget the ministry. I'd be dead. <laughs> better to overdo it than underdo it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think it's important. I think you're, I think you're right on to celebrate and over celebrate your team and your volunteers. I love the way the apostle Paul does this almost at the end of every letter right? What does he do? He gives us a list of names. You get to the yep. Romans, Romans 16. I mean, Romans, it's, it's this theological mountain, right? Like a 34 uh, ounce steak. It is. <laughs> it's, it's right. Uh, wonderful and terrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what does he do at the end of his most theologically dense letter, Romans 16, he lists over 30 people by name. I love it. And it's almost like, man, I love the way this guy, I love this woman. Oh, I love it. And he just goes and lists them by name. You see the same thing in uh, Philippians chapter two, where he says, you know what? Time out, guys. Let me tell you about Timothy and Epaphroditus. And he just, it's like, you almost imagine him just sitting back and smiling as he writes those words. You know, I, I, I have such a love for these people. So, so well, well done. Keep it up. Uh, the reality of team leadership is if you celebrate your team members, you will skyrocket uh, to the top of their list of great leaders because most people never get celebrated. Their boss never says good job. They're never thanked for showing up to work, right? It's just expected. So if you will just take a moment as a leader and celebrate those you lead, you automatically become a great leader in their eyes. Yeah, I've, I've been there I, as a, a younger man and a, a volunteer youth leader. Uh, in the church that I met my wife in, we were both small group leaders. And I remember, I think almost, almost every, if not every youth leader meeting we had, the youth pastor made sure to let us know how much he loved us, how much he appreciated us. Um, he, he referred to us as miniature youth pastors yep. um, because he, and he would tell us like, you guys, I, I don't just appreciate you being here, but you are able to do things that I will never be able to do because it's much easier to disciple, uh, you know, two to six teenagers in a small group than it is for a, a single youth pastor to disciple a 200 kid youth group. Um, and I think that's about how many we had at the time in this particular church. I mean, it's, it's impossible. It's a, that's a tiny church within a church. It is, and absolutely. the youth pastor can't do that. Uh, and that's why I tell my youth leaders, like, I'd be dead if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, I would literally work myself to death because I would be trying to do everything by myself. And I would end up in a Moses Jethro situation where he's like, why are you doing this all by yourself? You need people. Yep. <laughs> so, so when it comes to to this aspect of teamwork and let's just face it most youth pastors youth leaders you know volunteer paid doesn't matter we're never the first chair we're never the lead pastor we're always leading from the second chair we're, we're always um as that centurion said to jesus um people in authority under authority and so how do we help point our ministries and even our church overall in the direction of a, a a biblical framework of teamwork if we're not necessarily the ones leading the charge for the whole congregation. Right. Well, three things immediately come to mind. Uh, number one is simply be a good team member. Be a good team member. On the teams where your job is to show up and just smile and nod your head, smile real big, right? And nod your head. Get whipped. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Uh, uh, 
even the teams where you don't have a voice, you can still offer celebration, right? You can still make a positive contribution. You can still um, let, you can let your boss know how thankful you are for them. So be a good team member, what, whatever seat you have on the team. The second is to be a good team leader. Uh, there are circles of influence in which you're the leader. It may be that Sunday school class of sixth grade boys. Okay, you're the leader. Be a good team leader. Uh, if you're the youth pastor, you're not the leader of the whole church, but you are the leader of this segment, this portion, this important part of the body. Okay, well, be a good team leader in that part. Um, you know, the, the, the third and the first two are far more important. Uh, but the third is simply, man, buy a copy of the book. You're right. And, and <laughs> walk, your team, walk your team through it, right? There's the, yeah, there's the, there's the plug. But the majority, maybe that's true. I don't know. Um, the, many of the examples um, that I wrote about in the book that I've lived through uh, came from my time in youth ministry. Uh, so I was not the lead guy. I was not in charge. I, I didn't set the direction or the vision or the pace. I responded to the vision and the direction of the pace. Um, it was only when I planted a church um, that I realized, you know, we were having a meeting early on and we had to make a decision. And I realized all of a sudden that everybody at the table was looking at me to make the decision. Right? And I was like, oh, I'm that guy now. Okay. Um, uh, but, I, I, you know, whether you are the team leader or the team member, your job is to bear the image of God well on that team, and to operate from a theologically healthy place uh, to help accomplish uh, the task of the team. D.A. Carson in his uh, little book on Philippians uh, defines Christian fellowship as self-sacrificing conformity to the gospel. Based on that, I think we can define Christian teamwork as self-sacrificing conformity to the gospel for the purpose of the gospel, right? In youth ministry, you're trying to get the gospel to these teenagers. And then once you do that, you're trying to get those teenagers to get the gospel to other teenagers or other people, equip them to live well. Well, that's gonna take a team, but it's a task worth, I think, pursuing and worth operating in teams. Absolutely, and, and I'm, I've been in situations before, not now, thankfully, um, but I've been in situations before, I'm sure you have too, where it's been a little difficult not being the one in charge because you're watching the one in charge make decisions that you don't necessarily agree with or like, and and it's been a difficult time to follow yeah. when you're trying to exercise the principle of being a good follower, and uh, I I would submit, and hopefully you'd agree, that one way that we can be a good teammate is is to pray for that leader. Absolutely. Uh, and and that's something that I've been told my almost my whole life. If if you're mad at someone, you pray for them. It's really hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but that's if you don't fact. agree, pray for them. If you're struggling about something, pray for them. Uh, and and don't 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 country song pray for them. You know, like a pot falls off a windowsill and hits them in the head. But like we don't want an imprecatory prayer here. But <laughs> right. you know, um, that that they would be given wisdom, that you would be given the wisdom to follow their leadership in an exuberant way that allows the advancement of the gospel to happen. I mean, half of what you've said, Philippians two has been flashing in my brain the whole time about considering others more important than yourselves and 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 loving other people in this self-sacrificial way. And you're right, and you say this like right at the end of your book and in the last chapter, healthy teamwork hangs on love. Yeah. 
And, and that's something that we've got to understand. And as I always tell my students, this is not ushy squishy love. This is not Hollywood love. This is not, oh, he's cute kind of love. This is, this is sacrificing what I want for the sake of the other. Yeah. Um, sacrificing my preferences for the sake of the other, for the betterment of the other, uh, whoever that other is. And, and that is one of the things that makes a healthy team work like a well-oiled machine. Yep. And, and this is something that I really appreciate. And so for those of you who are listening, um, I would, I would recommend, you know, you hear all these kinds of books coming out for all these different topics and, and you may be asking like, okay, fine. Well, why do I have to buy one more book? Okay. Well, there's, there's books that come along every once in a while that takes something that you know, to be biblically true. And there's verses about it all throughout scripture but it's very difficult for you on your own to condense it down into a well-structured thought process. And when it comes to this topic of biblical teamwork, this book called to cooperate a biblical survey and application of teamwork. This is one of those books that's going to take these principles found all throughout scripture, and it's going to condense them down into a well thought out chain of thought so that you can process through it towards the application part, not just a, Hey, I read another good book and it's great. Put it on my shelf. No, that you can actually put some of these principles into practice in your own life. Cause if you're married, you're on a team in yeah. your ministry. If you're in a church, you're on a team, uh, you know, in, in your youth leadership, in your, if you're volunteering on some other crew in the church, whether it's, you know, I, I'm, I've been helping out with the tech team and the praise team recently, yeah. man, it, it's all volunteers. And again, nothing would happen in our church without these people. <laughs> right. Yep. Nobody would hear anything. No one would see anything online. Uh, the only people that would know or hear or see anything are those that show up and sit closer to the front while the pastor preaches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for all of these volunteer teams. And so I would encourage all of you out there, uh, get this book. You can find it on Amazon. Um, we'll put uh, a way to get a hold of it in the show notes later on. Uh, but Jeff, if somebody wants to get in touch with you concerning uh, the topic of teamwork, concerning your book, concerning church planting, uh, concerning the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, you know, concerning being a pastor, I mean, whatever, uh, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, any of the uh, social media accounts I'm on, Jeff Mingi, J-E-F-F-M-I-N-G-E-E, -E, um, in the back of my book. And one of the benefits, I think, of this book is it's a short book, 120 pages, right? Um, so it's book. not, it's, right, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of short books, right? So, um, but in the back, I, I, I imitated, a, um, I think, a team leader who does a good job, Bob Goff, and uh, put my... Uh, my phone number in there. So that's that's in there, 757-812-8951. If you want to just call me, I'd be glad to um, chat more about teams. Awesome. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you and the work you're doing out in Newport News, Virginia, and for the SBC of Virginia uh, and all of the, the leadership you provide there. Thank you for writing this book and for condensing this uh, concept of teamwork down and looking at it through a biblical lens. Uh, for our listeners. And uh, I hope that uh, we can uh, stay in touch and maybe even have you on again someday. Next time you write a book, you know, lo looks like you're due to write another one soon. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. 
Well, thank you, David. I, uh, man, I've, I've loved the podcast episodes. I got to listen to the one in which you interviewed Zach from Youth Ministry Booster recently. Loved that episode. So thanks for putting in the work of pulling together a podcast that serves those in youth uh, ministry and student ministry. What you're doing is going to bear fruit for a long time to come. So thanks for doing what you did. Well, guys, I, I am very, very thankful for Jeff. Uh, particularly talking about this avenue of uh, teamwork and talking about it from a biblical perspective. Because yep. I, I feel like when we, when we talk about teamwork, uh, I, I'm speak, maybe speaking to myself from my own experience, it seems like most of the stuff I'm reading on that end of the spectrum is more on a business organizational type of feel from the books I read. And I haven't really found anything that, that really dives in it the concept of teamwork from a biblical perspective. Yeah, I, most of what you find is from a secular point of view, but um, even in this aspect of us being built for community, um, just like community needs more than one person, a team needs more than one person, and you can learn a lot from your teammates. Uh, there are people that are going to be youth leaders in your youth ministry that have skills you don't and never will have. <laughs> Um, I've got a youth leader right now. Like when I think about uh, this particular uh, aspect of teamwork, one of my youth leaders right now, uh, she just hopped on board this year. And I'm very excited because uh, I haven't checked with her yet, but I'm pretty sure her spiritual gift is administration. Uh, and if you've ever taken a spiritual gifts test, uh, and again, it's just a, it's just a tool, but uh, it kind of helps. Uh, that's the only one that I score close to negative points on is it, I, can, I don't have an administrative bone in my body. And so having someone in on my team that is not only good at it, but is administratively minded, like that's the first thing they go towards. Um, boy, that has saved my butt just so much heartache <laughs> and headache. And I appreciate someone who has a strength in one of my biz, biggest weaknesses. Yeah, no, I just, uh, when it comes about teamwork, and I, I think that a lot of people are listening to this um, really have possibly have struggled with the idea of teamwork. And this reason why I say that is there's a lot of uh, us as youth pastors and even maybe go down even to youth leaders, but specifically if you're over a youth ministry, a student ministry, sometimes you're, we're, we're seen as, oh, you're just a youth pastor. Yes. You're just a youth pastor. Uh, it's okay. One day you'll become a real pastor. And, and I, I feel like that, that, that's, that's kind of leaving church or church culture. I still think it's pretty prevalent, um, in the South, uh, even where I'm located there's, there's still a lot of that. My location is, uh, again, a lot of, you know, that I've talked about it. It's uh, I live in a very high poverty area, a uh, dying church, uh, Area we have about 300 some churches, uh, almost all of them are dying, uh, and our in our county the county is crazy is crazy, uh, but that mentality is seen in youth ministry. Like I, I even some people in our church, there's probably some people even even in my church who see me as not really a real pastor just because I'm over youth ministry, and that that that, and that seeps in even sometimes when it comes to teamwork. Sometimes when it comes to leadership in churches, that's the kind of mentality that sometimes is brought to the table as a staff. 
again, I, I'm seeing that exiting more and more in church culture, which I'm glad to see. Where youth ministry seen it as an actual career rather than a stepping stone to something else. Uh, more and more in our culture, which I'm glad to see. But that mentality and that vibe is sometimes still there, depending on where you are um, around the country and around the world. Yeah, and it's not the kind of vibe that Gen Z talks about on TikTok. (laughs) That is very true. That is so true. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to us again today. Uh, We really appreciate all of you who listen to us on a regular basis. And we super duper appreciate those of you who have left a comment or star review. So if you haven't done that yet, please do. Uh, Hopefully you guys saw the uh, giveaway video we posted on our Facebook page uh, earlier this week, um, uh, giving away that uh, book that John Cooper wrote, Awaken Alive to Truth. Uh, Those are still on sale at his website, so please grab that. Uh, But um, more than that as well, I'd encourage you to get this book by Jeff Mingy. We'll have it in the show notes, a link to it where you can get it on Amazon. Um, but leaving those comment and star reviews is going to allow us to continue to stay on like the front page of search results for people who are looking for youth ministry specific content. And uh, we'd really appreciate that. And again, if there's a topic or something that you want to hear us talk about or someone maybe you want to see if we can snag for an interview, uh, feel free to send us a message over uh, direct messaging on Instagram, Facebook, uh, send us, um, you know, whatever way that you listen to us. If there's a way to direct message us, we'll be able to see it. And uh, we will try to get that for you. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>